0: Alrighty, we're recording. G'day guys and welcome to the Bradley J. Driver experience. Fucking hell, I hope by now you know this is Brad. Um, today on the other side of, I guess, the computer screen, because we're still doing this potty through Zoom chat, is a mate of mine, um, Dan Tosky, or Dan Toskovsky, as most of you would know him. The creator of Blends the Barbershop, um, started within the walls or the four walls of his garage and has become I guess in my opinion, probably the most culturally present barbershop in our area for sure, but also a really great space for guys to get together, get a great fade or haircut or whatever you're into and have a great yarn. So I love the business that this guy's created. How are you, brother?
1: Thanks, brother. Thanks for that nice intro there.
0: Oh, no worries, <laughs> um, good, man. good to hear.
1: Stuck inside good to hear. the house. Yeah, it's good.
0: I know, man, everyone's adapting to these quarantine times, and I guess we'll touch on that a little bit today as well because I guess for you more so than most people, there's I guess a huge adaption because this affects the way that you do business and the ability to trade as you used to, which I guess is big for you, especially as a, as a business owner who in more recent times has gone into your own shop in the main village there in Shell Harbor, which for those yep. of you listening, Shell Harbor is where within the Wollongong sort of region, that area, um, if you're not familiar with the Illawarra. But I guess, man, I'm just really interested today to, I guess, cover a few topics. I said on my Insta story this morning, we'd cover, I guess, small business and what this business means to you. Also the journey to get to where you are now, because I think, man, I guess it's a really humble beginning, the way you started. And, And part of the reason why I think a lot of people have the appreciation and the love for your business that they do um, but also just a little bit about you and your hopes and dreams for all of this moving forward. So talk to us about the story. Obviously been a barber for a little bit now.
1: Yeah, well, I started pretty much cutting hair out of my garage. Um, just started on but he's my first shout out, one of my best mates that lives up the road from me. He um he was letting me do crew cuts, whatever I pretty much wanted to do on his head. And um yeah, he me and him just started doing Um, in between haircuts through high school so I would get a haircut at Eddie's where I first started my um, apprenticeship or second place that I started working at and um, in between so I'd go every fortnight and then in between haircuts I'd cut my own hair Um, and I'd kind of like get him to help me or it'd just be the back and sides pretty much but at the time it was more like a fob cut so it'd be like just the sides and all this like scruffy bit at the back and um, yeah, I just
0: mate, they were fucking finished. popular, eh? Back in the day, oh, like when I was when I was at high look, school, the fog cut was the shit.
1: Oh, looking back, they're pretty ugly, bro. Hundred <laughs> percent, but hundred
0: percent. What was that? Hundred
1: percent, hundred percent. Yeah, you rip the two up the front, box it up, and just spike the rest. <laughs> um, but yeah, I used to um, yeah, I, I I've always kind of had a a na- uh, how would you say it? Like a, a like sort of as a hobby, and I didn't really. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed doing it but I wasn't sure that I wanted to do it for my career and I've always I was always and I used to say this to my um, my late mum, that I always was worried about what other people would think because everyone's finishing year 12 and finishing their school um, and um, going into uni and doing careers like that are your typical like stuff, stuff like either like teach a school teachers or um architecture you know what I mean like just real um
0: basically that conforming to that go get a like finish high school get a degree
1: get a degree and I was like barbering at the time was more hairdressing like barbering wasn't as big as it is now and like I don't know I kind of I kind of did my own thing like I finished year 12 I didn't drop out so I did did my HSE um got through and I did like a year or two there where I was doing labouring I uh, did my try my cert three in, in fitness and personal health because I'm heaps into my sport so I thought I'd enjoy that. And over time I just thought oh, this job came up and I said to my parents, I was like, Man, there's a there's a hip barber apprenticeship at the square, a Square like around the corner from where I live. Um, and like I kinda wanna do it, but I'm not sure. And my mum was like, just do it. And I was just like, alright, well I called up and whatever. I didn't even really have a resume. Like I just cut out of the garage, and I um, started like that. And yeah, I worked there for a year, and then I kind of went into um, working work at Eddie's, uh, where I was my second workplace. Where I started work for, I think I worked there for four years, and learnt kind of yeah, the awesome. rest of my trade there. But um, yeah, that's pretty much. Um, that that,
0: that's cool man I think it's 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 funny to hear because I think a lot of people especially who start a business you almost hear that story that like bro I was fucking nine years old and I got my first fucking haircut and like I knew it was the fucking thing that I'd do for the rest of my life or you know ever since I was 15 I had this aspiration to own a barbershop but to hear you talk about it like it was almost a spur of the moment thing where it just felt right you had a crack and to look where you are now is it's pretty exciting it's um, how long have you been doing it for? And while you answer that question, I can hear my radios just randomly started playing 80s music. So I'm going to turn it off yeah, to answer that question. I'll wait for,
1: uh, well, um, I think, I think I it was maybe about a month ago. I checked, Um, I was on Facebook and I was scrolling through my memories and it said officially a first year apprentice as a barber. And that was in 2012. So feels so weird talking to no one but <laughs> i did it for so i've officially been trading as a barber for eight years
0: i'm back i'll well, just full
1: answer that question talking to no yeah, one that i, I, I heard weird. no i heard it bro. you've listened <laughs> you to my right. ears,
0: so i can hear it all right um for eight years so, now and and when did you because i can remember so so basically and so I think, wait that,
1: that that's that's eight years in a shop so eight
0: years in a shop okay
1: yeah. So if you count the years before that, that I did out of the garage, which wasn't probably much like maybe like nine, 10 years, but yeah, not properly in a shop until yeah, 2012. So,
0: you know, the thing for me, like as a, I guess starting as a consumer in your business before I knew you as a person and have, you know, have become mates. It's, it's interesting. I get, I got a referral to go and check you out at your shop because I found, you know, hair's a little bit scruffy now because of ISO life, but, you know, like I mm. found... I think the thing for a lot of people is the your barber or your hairdresser is usually someone you have a decent relationship with. You know what I mean? You, you, it's quite interpersonal. Yeah. Like, you're sitting there, you're having a yeah. chat, you get well, to know each other.
1: You're seeing them once, once a week, once a fortnight. So, yeah, you kind of have your own little personal... Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's just me, but as a barber, I could literally... Every client out of my 600 clients in my books here, I could go through and tell you every customer what haircut they get. And I could probably tell you a little bit about every single one of them, just because I go, like I could, I enjoy talking to them as much as I enjoy cutting their hair as well. So do people do come in and they treat it like you just said more of a personal um, thing. So a lot, I've seen a lot of um, back in like on the internet and stuff, they say uh, barbers are pretty much psychs like this, like, um, what are they called? Like, yeah, 100%. Therapist.
0: Therapists. Yeah. And it's it's funny because I guess, and, and look, this is my limited knowledge making this assumption, but I know a lot of my past experiences at barbershops was almost like you walk in, um, usually it's busy because most guys are trying to go for a haircut at the same time of the week, like heading into the weekend, you know, to go out of town or go out to dinner or whatever. And it's like you sit down, the next person <laughs> sit there like these, like, will cut your hair. Yeah, you sit there. You sit there like it's, it's, and sit down with their phone. Exactly. And you, and you no one this, communicates. Like, you sort of look around and like, scope out like, does that fucker think he's going to get in before me because yeah. he got here 10 minutes after? Like, It's yeah. almost, it's almost a, a toxic environment with the other consumers. And I found is, like every time I went to get a haircut, it was different. Like, It doesn't matter if I asked for the same haircut every damn time. I'll get a different barber one week. It's good. The next week it's average and you just yeah. leave dissatisfied with the money you've spent, especially when you're consistently yeah, going. And I guess because we live in a world now where, you know, especially for me, like doing this sort of stuff, which is only more recent, but you know, real estate, mm-hmm. you make videos, you do that sort of stuff. I put out a lot of content, That was shit haircut the whole week. You're like, Oh hell, I don't want to do this video. Yeah. I look like, you know, yeah. look like dad had a fucking crack in my hair. So I was just getting the shits with it. And then my brother in law, Cal, goes, Man, I've you know, got this guy, he's cut my hair, like every time it's great, super consistent. Like you yep. you show him a picture or you ask for something, you get it. And I'm like, Where is he? And he's like, Oh, he's in Shell Harbor. And like that's a 30 minute I'll drive for me to get my hair eh? Yeah, out of your yep. garage. So it's a thirty yep. minute drive for me to get my hair cut. But I was like, Man, like it's worth it if this guy, you know, yep. goes right on the clippers. And I still remember coming for the first time walking in you know the telly's on i'm pretty sure there's like some nba or some races on the I, telly or whatever I'll tell, you,
1: I'll tell you what happened i remember i was inside i don't know what i was doing but i went inside my dad was in the garage so you've walked in on it actually i was in the garage and i went inside quickly but you sat there and you, you're talking to my dad it's the first time you ever met him too so you're posing and like what the fuck <laughs> this is huh, weird like
0: actually actually t- <laughs> to be honest i can remember because i bought you coffee didn't i
1: yeah, you did. Yeah, you bought me a coffee. Yeah, I remember,
0: I remember that now because I was yeah. there a bit early. But, um, yeah, and I can remember sitting down and, like, it was, for me, regardless of, and I guess at, at that time, your, I guess your hurdle was the professionalism of not having a shop front that people could yeah. present to and, like, find out more about your business. It basically all come through word of mouth and social, but yeah. particularly word of mouth. But for me, walking into that environment where you could see it was good energy it was almost like from the get go, you're sitting down with a mate to have a chat yeah. in a really comfortable environment. The telly was on. So, like, anyone who was waiting for their appointment was watching a bit of NBA or NFL or, you know, I mean, yeah. watching the races and having a punt or playing PlayStation. PlayStation for me, that yeah. was like, it was setting a cultural standard on what the yeah. business and you as a barber was, was going to be about as you progressed. Yeah. And I yeah. think you've done very well to create. A culture as a barbershop who's very much, I guess, into pop culture of sport, music. And I think that's a way that you keep your customers feeling relevant and also outside of the service yep. that you're charging them for, you provide yep. value. Yeah. So, Thanks, it was sort of Appreciate the catalyst it. for all of that, where does that come from?
1: So, when, so, when I finished up working at Eddie's, I will go back to where I, like, well, how I've gone through being a barber. Um, at the time, my mum, a year prior to that, my mum got diagnosed with um, breast cancer, right? And I thought like the worst straight away. And over the year, um, she did her chemo and all that. She done her treatment, and she actually got real. She got pretty, a like, pretty good. She got healthy again. And um, there came a time where she started going like regular visits to the hospital and emergency saying like that her, um, that inside somewhere in her stomach hurts. turned out that she got, um, cancer in her, um, in her liver. So it came back and she kind of started redoing the treatments again. So over that period of time where I was still barbering and trying to go to work and like hide your, not hide your emotions, but put a mask on to try and still be happy and cut hair and, um, have a good, decent conversation without worrying about what's going on at home. You kind of had to, like, it was kind of like my um, getaway, you'd say. So, like, yeah. I'd forget about it, but at the same time, I'd still have to put, like, a mask up because some people would be like, hey, bro, like, how you been? What's going on? And I didn't want to tell – you don't want to tell everyone because then you're to explain everything and it just it just brings up raw emotion. So, um, yeah, over that period of time um, – heading towards um before she passed away i actually i got i kind of got a bit overcut in hair just because of the environment of um people like asking, just everything that was going on and i was just wasn't in the right headspace so i actually went to go work on the roads um and i worked there for 2 months and that was the time my mum took a bad turn and i was getting up at like 5:30 in the morning getting up there for or not even i was getting up at 5 even quarter to five, getting up there for 6, 15, 6.30, start. work. 10-hour days, come home at 7.30. And um, I don't know, kind of, like, it was a, a big eye-opener, but I kind of regret it at the same time because I wasn't spending much time at home. So, for me, when mum passed away, uh, I kind of, um, I thought to myself, screw that. Like, I, I want to be at home more around the family and that. And I did it in a way where... Like I got, I was like, I was doing a couple of days casual work with one of my friends um, at Shalaba Square in another shop, in another barber shop. So we, I eventually set, like, sought him for uh, more full-time work and he couldn't provide it for me. And I just was like, thanks for helping me out, but this is what I'm gonna do now, man. And the next day I messaged my mate, my mate Ryan um, Martins. He's a good graphic designer, excellent graphic designer. And he actually, I told him what I wanted in the logo and he just, mate, whipped it up for me. I told him I wanted to call blends, put the it as the L, and the first yeah. two goes, like, this is exactly what I wanted. So good. started cutting hair from the garage, man. That was it. And going back to you saying where does it come from, like, that culture, like, that's the vision I've had for a long time, um, opening a shop where people can come and feel comfortable, where we can watch sport together we can have a laugh because – you know what I mean? Like It's not supposed to be like walk in, sit down, look around. Like I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable when they come in. I want it to be bubbly. I want people to go, bro, I would come for a haircut, but I would even come just to have a coffee and sit down and go, I don't even want to come get a haircut. I was coming yeah. to chill out with you guys because you guys, I want it to be someone else's getaway so they can come and get a haircut, and forget about everything else that's going on. They can get a, I think- get a good haircut and enjoy the culture and, um, and the vibes Definitely. that I've got going in there. And which is, from what you've said, which is I'm, I'm achieving. So, yeah. that's. I mean, I think, I think been, you should be really proud
0: of that. And and I may be speaking out of shop here, but I guess the... Look
1: how red you know, I go, bro. I get heaps like... <laughs> I get heaps
0: like... <laughs> you yeah, <laughs> You're speaking really well. Um, yeah. I guess I may be speaking out of shop here, but I think a lot of that, I guess the confidence to be to have the environment that you've created in a shop probably comes from the comfort of being at home and it being your yep. space and you're able to do, <clears throat> excuse me, as you please in the space. And then that follows on with your customers being comfortable and you being able to do that in the shop. Cause it's only, yep. we now six, is it six months, a little bit more that you've been in the shop?
1: Yeah. Since October, 2019. So yeah, around that. Comes along quickly. Eh? Yeah, bro. Crazy. Very crazy. And
0: what was the, obviously because, Excuse me, I sound like I've got corona. Um, I I guess for the mic. No, wait, bro. Coming through your AirPods, bro. Um, I guess for me, you know, observing your business and anyone who's a customer of yours or a client of yours knows, like it's it's hard to book in. Like you have to book in advance. You have to book your regular spots because you are literally jam packed. Like there's been times where man, if you're not booking in straight after your haircut for your next regular, like you're not getting in for two and a half, three weeks because yeah, you've got like 100%. a solid loyal customer base that doesn't differ or wave from their routine. Like they're booking in usually at the same time. And I yep. guess for, for me, observing your business as someone who likes business and likes to see growth in, in people's businesses and as entrepreneurs, I was looking and I was like, you're really like, you know, you'd brought Lockie on in in the garage as well. And like you guys were both busy consistently every damn time that I was in there and me going, okay, how does this business get any bigger or better? And you know, from the confines of your garage. And then that's when you looked at the shop and I can remember you speaking about it for probably six months before you done it, because it was just looking for the right space and figuring out how to do it. But I guess now that you've opened up to, you know, two days a week where you do walk-ins and that sort of thing, which is probably not so much well, during COVID.
1: Yeah. Well, even even going back to when I was um, shortly after my mum passed away and I wasn't doing any work, I was just doing a couple of days casual. I was getting like, and this is a big reason why I did it, was um, one, my family and two, my current um, partner, my girlfriend, Talisha, they, were, they pushed me and like, I always just, I remember one day I was telling to her, I was like, just stop, like, stop annoying me. Stop telling me because I don't want to do it. And she's like, you would like, you, you have to do it. Like it's something that you're good at. And my family as well, they were all like, my brother-in-law, um, Alex, he was like, just like my sister, they were always saying it. Like, you got, you got to do it. You got to go out on your own. And I remember for years prior to that, when I was working at, um, even working at other shops and that, that everyone used to say to me. And I used to brush it off and go, nah i'm pretty i'm comfortable and happy with what i'm doing like i don't want to do that um i was always in that mindset and now that i've actually done it i've i can't look back like it's just moving forward from now like i know i guess the thing as well
0: is like it's easy to be comfortable when you're young because you know you want you basically yeah, i want could still make-
1: be yeah i could still yeah. be working in the garage bro and not have no um overheads and just cruising and just working in the garage. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's like, the thing, right? Because
0: I guess for a lot of people, like, how old you're? Twenty five, yeah. Twenty six. Twenty
1: six.
0: So I guess at, at that age, it's still like life hasn't really hit you yet. Like you don't, you don't have you don't have children. I know you got, know you got nieces and nephews, so it's more present in your mind than it would be most. But like, you don't have yep. children. You don't have huge stresses in life that need you to grow financially quickly. So the comfort of earning money and being able to enjoy your lifestyle and still save yeah. like you can do that from the comfort of your garage and you don't feel yeah. like you need to push or you can do that as an employee. Yeah. But I yeah, guess when 100%. you get to that point where it's like, if you look at the growth of the business, like would you look back now? I guess you wouldn't look back at the decisions you've made probably a little bit tougher times at the moment because of this virus. But I guess yeah. the position that you're in, you probably wouldn't have been in if you were at the shop at the garage.
1: No, hundred percent. Well, I wouldn't be working at all. Put it that way. If I was still at um at home in the garage with this COVID thing going on, because I wouldn't want people coming to my house, putting everyone else in danger at home. Um, I've got my nephew, my niece, and that there as well. Yeah. Even my dad is pretty old.
0: <laughs> you
1: shoot me for saying no. that. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, and um, so yeah, it's. I guess. And it's funny you, you look at every decision and everything that you've made, everything that you've done to get to this point. It all happens for a reason, bro. It's crazy, and it's it's something that like, you look back and back then. I'd be like, no way, like I wouldn't do that, or do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. wouldn't think you wouldn't think that you'd be here now. But the point that you've gotten to and everything that happens it happens for a reason. That's what I feel like. And it has, man, um, I, I totally
0: agree.
1: even I give like a big shout out to my dad as well. He's man, he's as tough as gold that bloke, but he's, he's been through some hard times too. And he's been there supporting me the whole way as well. So I wouldn't be in that shop, um, right now without him either. So, and a big, another big, um, driving force behind me was my mom. She always said that I would always open up my own barber business. So, I remember
0: we spoke about yeah. this recently, right? It was maybe two yeah. or three haircuts ago and you were telling yep. me about a message that she sent you on your birthday, which was, I, yep. I guess, just Te- before she would passed, maybe if I remember correctly. Yep. 100%. And yep, it was, do, you mind, do you mind telling was, us that message?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll read it for you. It was, um, it was the last message I got from her for my birthday. Um Well, it was one of the last messages, but yeah, she said, happy 24th birthday, son. Hope you have a great day. We are so very proud of you taking a mature step forward, having a trade behind you that you can fall back on maybe one day as a successful business, because you are a very talented, man. Um, thank you for your love and support. Continuously love you, Daniel Love, mum. So that message was like, yeah, it's like I've kept it, because it's, it's, it reminds me of how far I've come as well sort of thing so
0: I definitely man. I can I can imagine that for anyone you know to know that your parents are proud of you and they they support what you do is is huge especially in your circumstance to know yeah I guess looking back that that's a cool feeling like when you've had and and I can imagine at times there'd be plenty of challenges along the way starting a business as a young guy and I guess you don't really have business mentors or you know you haven't you, you haven't watched a business being grown from the ground up to understand how this all works and the challenges that come along the way. So I guess another question I had for you, because I can imagine a bit of a very important part of the process is if you look at the team that surrounds you, I guess, outside of the shop. So the faces that, you know, we don't see like accountants, um, you know, people who have business brains, do you, do you have a good team supporting you to make sure that everything's on point? Because I know there's a lot of stuff, especially accounting-wise and around tax like that you, ha- that you probably don't know until you actually own a business.
1: Well, to be honest, this is like everything you do in life. Um, I think you learn more as um, more of the experiences that you've gone through. So I think there's no manual on how to start a business. Like you just got to, if you want to do something and you want to start it up and you're passionate about it, go and do it, go start it up. The rest will come along and you'll learn along the way. There is no book that will tell you how to do this, how to do that. You'll face challenges and you'll do things like that. And I'm kind of lucky because my, like say if I need something done, if I need uh, a plumber, I've got five, oh, almost four. I've got five plumbers that I cut. If I want to real estate, you're a real estate. Like you do real estate. You know what I mean? I know real check? estate agents. Um, I know I cut um, a lot of older guys here, like dads, got families and have had businesses before. They know what they're yeah. talking about. They've been there, done that. So I can kind of go through my customers and just pretty much talk to them and bounce off them what I should do if I'm if I need if I got questions that need to be answered or if I'm curious about something. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, I've got a good, I've got a good bubble of people that have had um, a lot of experiences with business too. So, that helps
0: it's not right. just,
1: it's not just like accountants and people like that. Um, it's the people as well that push you to do more, um, which is pretty much your, Yeah, inside your bubble as well. So, um, I remember when I was working in the garage by myself, and I was, I was like, I can't. I just, I need a shop. And then my brother-in-law was like. No nah, man, um, you could put Lockie on if you if you want to, and I'm just like it wouldn't work in the garage. Like it's too too many people. Like I need a shop, and he's like just give it a crack, man. And shout out to Lockie, he's been.
0: Yeah, L- Lockie was in the DMs well, prior to this asking for a shout out. Yeah, I said to him, I said, Look all, all credit where it's due. You are part of the duo. You're probably not the better half, but he said I'll take it. So
1: he's <laughs> uh, his- no. Nah. Uh, he's been, and- he's awesome man, and and the thing is too, he's uh, we can like we can kind of relate with each other because uh, when he was at a young age, he lost his brother as well. So yeah. and our families, my mum actually worked with his mum too. So like we're actually pretty close. Yeah, okay,
0: I didn't um, know that. Yeah, our
1: fam our families are pretty close too. So I look at him as my brother, and he probably treats me as his um, older brother as well, which I'm so down for. Like he's he's the best. Like
0: no, he is man. and I has think- a laugh. You know, what's so important about that though, like I I think in any business you talk about, you know, we talk about the culture of of the shop, but also the culture of the people that work there. And I think the fact that Lockie's very similar to you and the fact that like you can have great banter and nobody takes anything to heart. Like you can't win, but yeah, no, he's he's very good. He's very sharp.
1: Yeah. You started, you started dancing the devil. As he says, he says, you don't yeah. want to dance with the devil. So you do not go there because he will hurt your feelings and he'll win. And I know he's listening because he will be, he'll <laughs> um, get you back.
0: He, <laughs> shit. he fits the, um, he fits the role to, to be in that environment and in that shop really well. And I think, I guess looking for you at the future is the plan. I know at the, if I, if I remember correctly, you've got five or six chairs in Yeah, <laughs> there's
1: five it's five chairs in there and I'll be completely honest with you I well we had a third one Tory who um recently just left us to go work with his dad um and so now I'm back to two just me and Locke in the, in the shop but um we I was, I was in the in the making of employing another um young bloke and this covid stuff is just taking a step back so I'm back yeah. in the back seat again of the car but it will it will happen when um, when this stuff blows over, and yeah. that's what I'm looking forward to the most is rebuilding and um, hopefully filling those chairs back up. And ne- the next step would just be um, to grow, I guess, even more so I can get my clientele and hit that max potential, and then hit another shop and just keep going from there. That's the so, goal. You'd like, so you'd like you'd
0: like shop number two.
1: Yeah, yeah. Where do you Holes. like
0: if you look geographically at what you've been up like, cause the thing for me is right. And I said it earlier in the episode, man, I drive half an hour to get my hair cut.
1: Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, every, every, um, every morning me and Salisha, we've been, um, we go on like seven K, eight K walks in the morning. And I don't know, something, I don't know if you go out and walk much, but you, do, you feel really productive. Um, like you feel like you want to go out and do something like, like there and oh, then, you feel then, good, then, yeah, then, especially in the morning. Yeah, yeah, but like you, it kind of gets your mind going And I'm like, I said this morning. I actually said it this morning. I opened up the second shop. I probably would open it in Wollongong, and the reason being is like obviously it's a real, uh, it's still expanding, still growing, right? It's still yeah. heaps of apartment buildings going up. Um Milky Lane's coming in Wollongong, so I'll be close to the Milky Lane. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the best food. Lunch in Milky um, Lane. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, um, and uh, you you know, but um, I recently just cut um, Melo Balls here, who played for. This is what I was going to get Hawks. onto
0: this topic. Yeah.
1: All right. So um, I think there's a a broad range of um, potential there to cut more, uh, say, athletes here. So like you got the the Dragons team, which I actually already do a few of those boys. Um, The Hawks, I did all like pretty much the imports that came over when Mello was here. So I guess if I'm closer out that way, that would be more, um, that would come into the shop. That would be more, um, what's the word? I don't know the word, but (laughs) that would be more. more,
0: In in my honest opinion, right, I think once this all blows over, like COVID's finished, business goes back to normal, restrictions are lifted and you rebuild what you have in Shell Harbour. My personal opinion is if you open up in Wollongong, you take over the whole market because I think what you do is there will be, I reckon, I could be wrong here. Correct me if I'm wrong. I reckon there could be at least 40%, maybe 30% of your customer base at Shell Harbour that actually live in, in Wollongong.
1: Yep. I'll be 100% with you. Straight, straight away, they, you. They,
0: start, they start going to that Wollongong shop. Which means yep. you're already getting bombarded with requests, so that opens up that space at Shell Harbour, so Shell Harbour yep. doesn't lose any business at all, and yep. I think you kick Wollongong off on a really good foot with that customer base that have been yep. hoping for somewhere quicker. But I think that's for me. Like, if you if you ever doubted, which I don't know if you do, but if you ever doubted the support you have for a second shop, like bro, like you got people that drive for half an hour for a haircut, like people, yeah, I've advice, had people say, and vice versa.
1: I think. I think people would drive from Shalaba to Wollongong.
0: If <laughs> they had to, haircut. yeah. So, and and yeah. that's the thing. So, people have said to me before, like, bro, why do you drive half an hour for a haircut? I'm like, because it's not just a haircut. Like, it's the best haircut I've ever had. And it's consistently right. a good haircut. So it's worth driving the half hour. And it's also worth the chat. Like, for me, I come early. We grab a coffee. We have a yarn. Coffee, yeah. And it's a good way to start the day.
1: Yeah, to be honest with you as well, I wouldn't be able to do any of this and none of this would be successful if i didn't enjoy going to work that's the one thing that i i've done others like i've done other stuff like i said worked on the roads done laboring for people um did my cert three in pt and that i just i enjoyed that stuff but i wasn't passionate about it and every day i go to work now like even now that this covid stuff's going on i'm working less days and the days that i'm off like today i actually thinking about like like, just recently, I just started filming my haircuts. Like, I'm doing my first ever uh, video. I'm still going to put the voiceover on it, but I'm going to make a YouTube channel. You know what I mean? Um, awesome. With steps on how to do fades and stuff like that. So, if I didn't love my job and I didn't like, enjoy going to work, I wouldn't be doing any of that stuff. And I wouldn't be growing and I wouldn't be expanding. I'd just be going to work. I'd actually just go work for someone else, to be honest.
0: That's a percent percent. I think passion drives success too, like, And and I know it's something I've spoken to about all the time. Like you've always got a new idea or you've got, I guess, something new that's in the works to make this bigger than it already has been. And for me, that says that there's passion there, that there's genuine care for the clients you have, but also the future of the business, which means your head and your heart's in the right space.
1: Well, I'm not like there was a time there where I was content. Like you said before, like I could just stay in the garage and work there and just keep working there and be content but um I'm I've learned that you you can't get anywhere or you can't grow and be successful if you don't push yourself and you don't be out like I'll be honest with you doing this is like it's pretty daunting and oh definitely um so for some people it's uncomfortable like I enjoy like uh, this is weird because I cut people every day. I cut new people all the time, but I still feel like I'm. I still feel the pressure. You know what I mean? You, like I'm you still, still
0: like, feel a little Fuck. bit exposed when you're on camera for, I guess, one of the first times to an audience that you don't know, and an That's audience right, that yeah, you can't so, necessarily like. The funny thing about this podcast, right, is, and I guess you, you know me well enough to know that I really don't care what people think. Like, yes, I am. I'm aware of the consumer and their feedback and want to make sure that people enjoy the show but i'm very like if people go man great episode but brad's a dickhead like i hate that guy i'm like as long as you keep listening and you get something out of it i don't really care what you think of me like we yeah we spoke recently like on brown. episode like brown by, like brown cardigan, <laughs> <laughs> like, brown cardigan. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like recently on that episode with joe damon speaking about the brown cardigan in- incident Bro, I got that sent to me
1: as well. That well, got sent to thing. me and said, isn't that was, that Brad bloke Joe, that you cut? And I'm, Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's,
0: <laughs> that's him getting roasted by Brown Cardigan. But the funny thing is, bro, like I, like for me, some people were like, I still remember when I first like told a few people about that and they're like, bro, like, that's man, are you pissed? And I'm like, no, man, like it's, it's, just, it's just literally them trying to have a bit of fun on their platform yeah. and take the yeah. piss out of someone. And yeah. really, the comments are a bunch of like really unhappy <laughs> human beings that right. don't be, have a lot going on in life and like probably just were looking for something all day to pick on. But the funny yeah. thing for me is like, I sent Brown Cardigan a message and I was like, this is outstanding. Like, I was they're, like, they're like, if you want sh- right to, like, yeah. yeah, they did actually. They were like, I can't remember what they said, but they were like, they replied, just like, laugh out loud or something. Thanks very much. We appreciate it or whatever. But, for me, like, I had heaps of people message me post-podcast with Joe um, jo Damon asking for the link. So, I just sent the link around to a heap of people to the Twitter feed. Like, people like, bro, the comments are brutal. And I'm like, give yeah, it. I don't care because, like, for me, it was at the time it was serving my purpose. It was me putting out content for a job that, you know, that, that I was trying to, to grow in, to grow a platform in. So... I think, you know, you're, you're on the right path, man. Like you continuously, you can see your passion. If you're passionate about something, you don't really get too caught up or too upset in what everyone thinks about your new ideas no. and you're putting yep. yourself out there. And I guess you touched on it a little bit earlier. A big part, I guess, of your growth socially and your content side of things was, I guess, if you live in the, I was going to say, if you live in the Illawarra, but if you have Live on planet Earth, you probably know who LaMelo Ball is, and yeah. the, the man that, knows that. how to get some media.
1: Yeah, well, that was um, a big thing that happened that kind of boosted me going into the shop because I was getting all this, um, attention, bro. Like, not like I meant, like, a lot of people going to my Instagram feed, and to me, my Instagram feed for my business is my bread and butter, that's where people people out of the area, they Google blends. They're going to go on an Instagram page to check out photos of the haircuts and the quality of the haircuts. Right. Yeah, this is what I do if I was out of the area. Um, and I think the first thing was I uploaded that photo and everyone was just like sending it to their mates and that I'll, I'll get it up now how much reach it had on Instagram. Just bro,
0: he's, so he's a, why, the why are you getting that up? Right. And I still remember when it first happened. Cause you messaged me as soon as you got that. Well, message.
1: You were joking around. You were the one joking yeah, around about was, it.
0: Because I still remember, so my my the company that I work for in real estate, MMJ, shout out to the crew. Um, they they sponsor one of the sponsors or major sponsors of the Illawarra Hawks. Obviously it, yep. you know, they've been a sponsor there for oh, a couple of years now, you know, for a long time. Yep. But more so recently, you know, getting some good courtside box tickets, you know, the logos on the on the yep. court and it erupts. When did it erupt? It was was it very late, or very mid last year that Lamelo Ball signed with the Illawarra Hawks.
1: Oh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you when you signed because this is what got me to cut his hair. So I I literally was like him and Aaron Brooks, and I know Aaron Brooks, um, like he's he's an NBA veteran. Like he's been an NBA for ten plus years, and. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to flick them both a message. 18th of June, I sent this message. And I was like, I'm going to flick them a message and just see um, anything that happened from a right? But like, he's going to come to Wollongong. They're going to need haircuts. So I was like, what what could go wrong? I'll just message him. And I knew Aaron Brooks at the time. Like Everyone was hyping about Melo, but I'm a Bulls fan. I know Aaron Brooks played for the Bulls. And... I knew who he was, and I was like, bro, even if Melly doesn't message me back and Aaron Brooks does, I'll be stoked. Like, and I'm, if you know, like, blends, if you know me, we've got NBA on in the shop every day.
0: Yeah. So, like, not, I know all, the, all moment, the basketball bro.
1: players. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. yeah, yesterday when I was in there, I had YouTube up and I had top 100 players of the decade. Oh, and Michael Jordan's doc, um, 10 part doc is that series, interview was coming out. Is that
0: on Netflix yet?
1: No, nah, it's coming out on ESPN on Sunday and they're going to air it two episodes a week but that I reckon he yeah I'll go back to Melo quickly but
0: but quickly before you touch on that message I know I tried to I guess take a little bit of credit for for what happened because remember I went to that event it was like the season launch at one of the hotels in Wollongong it was like a I guess all the players get up speak a little bit about themselves coach spoke about the season ahead and you know the hopes and aspirations that everyone had and you know, it was a cool little event to be at. And I guess I was one of the two people, three or four people that were lucky enough from work to go to that event and mingle yeah. with everyone and, you know, work on it, a few photos and a bit of content. So, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that like, I'll bump into someone, like I was talking to someone about this the other night, like the show Vikings, like I dig that show, yeah. that actor's Aussie. I bumped into him in Lawn on Great Ocean Road when I was doing that road yeah. trip, my old man. Yeah. Super nice, dude. Like I'm just walking towards dude with the
1: like, dude with the big
0: like, yeah, Ragnar, like the main oh, character.
1: Yeah, Ragnar. Yeah. So
0: like I'm I'm walking back towards my car, my old man, and there's this guy getting his kids out of the car, and he turns around and it's Ragnar, like Travis Fimmel, and I'm like whoa, and he looks at me and he goes, Hey, bro, how you going? I was like, Yeah, good, man. How are you? And he's like, Yeah, I'm good. And I can see was with his family, so I'm like, I'm not gonna bother. He's American. Guy. Like, Is he American. No, he's Aussie. He's from a Tuca. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. Full sounded American. So, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, go on. Yeah,
0: I'm good, yeah. bro. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. fuck off, mate. How are you? No. <laughs> so he's like, he's getting his kids out of the car. And I'm like, I respect that. I'm like, the dude's obviously does what he loves for a living, but he's got a hat on and a hoodie. Like he's probably trying to lay low. He's in like, yeah. he's on the coast of Victoria on the Great Ocean Road in Lawn. Everyone's pretty chill. I'm not going to bother him because then like, it probably means that 20 other people see me taking a photo with him and then go and bother him while he's with his family. So I'm like, oh, sweet, you know, I keep walking past. But I'm at this event and work works so like Try and get some photos if you can. Like, it'll be good for work so we can put them on our social. And so I was speaking to um, my old touch footy coach who plays a role in the Hawks, right? Like, part of their support yep. crew. and then Aaron Brooks was sort of there and we started having a yarn and a uh, super nice guy, like so, yeah. so nice. He's like a, was genuinely interested legend, in bro. real estate and property in the area. So we started having a yarn about that. Spoke for about 10 minutes and I was like, Hey bro, like do you mind if I get a photo? We're one of the sponsors of the, of the team and it'd be cool to get some content for work. And he's like, yeah, sweet. So we grab a photo. And then my old touch coach, Josh goes, oh, why don't you grab Mellow for a photo? Like that'd be good for your content. And I was like, yeah, I will. So I could sort of see you know, he's getting hammered and I was like, Hey bro, like really, you know, really sorry to bother you. I can see you just want to sit and have a chat and relax, but do you mind a quick photo? So we grab a photo and I still remember posting both photos, tagging both guys. And I think you I commented you, on it. You commented and I was like, the boys should hit you up for like a fresh cut and yep. um, a fresh fade or something. And then you sent me that message like a day later and I'm like, bro, it was me <laughs> I'm the catalyst for so, this, but you'd actually sent the messages.
1: Yeah, so I sent I sent him this, Senate. So you probably cringe at it, but I don't give like I got to meet and cut his hair, so I don't give yeah. a shit and the guy use, the but, guy shit.
0: sound it, the guy just signed a billion dollar deal with the Jets, so it's um big yeah. deal.
1: <laughs> well, he goes, I go, um, congratulations on signing with the Hawks, man. I run an appointment only barber shop out of my house. It's private and local to Wollongong, and it will be a pleasure to cut your hair. That was 18th of June. So when I saw on ESPN that he signed with the Hawks, I was like, I'm going to get him early, man. It's going to go straight to his DMs because he's got at the time oh, yeah. he get like 4 million um, followers. He's up to like 5.3 now. And I was like, this is going straight to his DMs, bro. I'm never. He's never going to see this. So 20th of August, I was just, must've just been sitting there and I sent him um, the scissor emojis. And then I was like, yeah, no, he ain't open. <laughs> he's not opening this, bro. And then, uh, 4th September, it was 9pm at night, I was in bed, I was laying next to Talisha and I was I was actually watching at the time the um, the Basketball World Cup was on and Serbia yeah. were playing, Serbia were playing someone, I, I forget who they were playing, but they were playing someone and I was literally about to start watching it and um, it dropped down from the top as a notification and it said, from Mello and it said, um, he goes, me and my boy, you're going to need a cup fam, with the fingers like that with a hundred emoji and i just i was like i was like no fucking wait <laughs> i was like no they just fucking messaging me i was like i made it fun <laughs> and she's
0: like she's like um, i'm pretty sure you FaceTime me hey eh? i did i
1: was like yeah. get fucked and i screenshot it bro and i'm just sending it um to all my mates and i'm just like bro yeah. melo paul's messaging me so i wrote back hey bro no worries when were you thinking of getting a trim and he's like friday anyway um and then he goes to me, you know how to cut people hair who got waves? And I'm like, Well, he hasn't got waves, so who who's got waves? So I told him, Yeah, I've had a few haircuts experience with it. And he goes, For sure, that's what's up, family. Do you come to the crib and cut? And then I was like, Yeah, no worries, we can organise that. And um, yeah, from there, man, I just I cut his hair two or three times and yeah, bro. He he pretty much said to me he cutting hair for free. And I was at the time I read it and I was like that is so rude bro and then i was like no i could play this into my um hand pretty good bro and i was like i'm happy to do it for free if you can share it on your instagram on the story um and he goes facts that's what we usually do in the states just repost on your story and i repost and i was like awesome so yeah i cut his hair and um he reshared my story and this is how many views it got um It was, oh, it's not coming up. Oh yeah, it is. All right. So he did reshare it as well, which I was stoked at. Cause I was like, there's no way he's going to do it. He's just stitched me up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it reached, it reached 11,000 um, people. I had 14,000 impressions and almost 2000 sticker taps on his profile. Um, and on the actual photo that I put up, he got, I got 13 and a half thousand plays and almost a thousand likes just from that one photo. Um, and to me, that was the, um, exposure I needed to kind of then go, all right, this is where, this is my chance. I need to go into a shop. Cause people are going to be talking about my shop. People are going to talk about me cutting his hair. And then from then it just stemmed off. Um, Aaron Brooks messaged me two days later and, um, he said, bro, I need a cut. And I was like, all right. So I went to his house apartment. Um, cut his hair as well. And then as I was leaving there, Josh Boone, third one, messaged me, who also wasn't in port, but he's been playing in the NBL for a few years now. And um, he became more of a regular than the other boys. But um, yeah, so then I started doing all three of them.
0: um, And then Hobson was coming in, right?
1: Then Hobson came in and um, I guess you can tell, like Melo was just here, obviously to try and boost his profile. Um, and try and get into the NBA. Yeah, Yeah, try and get a high draft pick. So he was just – everyone used to ask me, and I'm like, man, he's just an 18-year-old, bro. Like, I'd walk in there, and he'd be playing Fortnite, streaming Fortnite with um, Jermaine, with JJ's son, his manager. And they were just sitting there, bro, playing Fortnite. Fortnite, Madden, watching YouTube videos of the American Dream Team, like Kobe, uh, LeBron, Harden, Kamala Anthony, all these guys, like – he was sitting there just – they just watched TV, man, and he just trains, eats, trains, and that's it. He's just your average 18-year-old, bro. He just loved playing basketball yeah. and just played games. Like, he wasn't anyone special. Like, he's special, but he's not. He's just an 18-year-old. Like I He's just I another
0: human. who has got a talent, right?
1: Yeah. I could have went there and just hung out with him, to be honest. Um, and then, yeah, after that, I met Aaron Brooks, and even, like, it's different. Like, you see him on the other spectrum. Like, he's finished his – his NBA um, career and he just wanted to go back and play NBA because you can see how much he missed it. Like he was telling me, but like, at the other end, of, he's also, um, he's been through a lot. Like he's dealing with living away. Cause he's got, he's got like three kids or something. And his wife, um, yeah. yeah, his wife at home, he was struggling with that as well. So he's on, He's, he's genuinely—he's an awesome bloke too. But like he you just tell him his home heaps, and then he um, unfortunately done his Achilles, which sent him home early. But I still message him every now and then. He writes back, so it's good that they've still um still got a bit of humanity there. You know what I mean? Like they don't just forget about like forget about me type yeah, of thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Which I is I think, pretty cool.
0: Man, what was impressive for me was obviously hearing, I guess Josh, Josh Hobson. It's Josh, isn't it?
1: Right. Darrington was so like, I'll get, so Hob, Hobson kind of came late to the party. Like he was like, I think they signed him because Brooks got injured yeah. and he doesn't, I think he played NBA D league and that, like he's never really been a star in the NBA or I think he played for the Milwaukee Bucks and the difference between all them guys and him, like Josh Boone is a legend as well. I was going to his house as well. And then he would, he would actually drive down to my shop which I didn't think he would do when I got the which, shop. I was too me, busy to that's, drive that's out there. Respect. Yeah. hundred percent. And he, he's a legend. Like he would be like, yeah, man, just give me a time and I'll, I'll drop in. And he used to drive um, the car down. Like it's decent drive, bro. It's half hour, 25 minutes. Yeah. So um, yeah, a big respect to him for doing that. Cause I didn't think he would, to be honest. Like I thought that was more of a like call out guys. Like I don't think Melo would have done it. Um, and yeah, then um Darrington came along, bro, and he was like messaged me because I cut Josh Boone's hair and he was like, I need a haircut. So and that was the day that Alex Volkanovsky fought and won the belt
0: off um what's his name? Yeah. Left. Yeah, Holloway.
1: Holloway, right. And I was I was like six, seven beers in, man, and he was like, Can you come to my place to cut my hair? And I was like, I'll be honest, bro, I'm sinking beers right now, I'm not coming. <laughs> I'm not coming to your house, but <laughs> we'll organise it. So he, I never went there. He came to my shop and the first time I met him, bro, we just got on like a house on fire. He was, he's a legend. Like, and he was the one that gave me that positive feedback um, through WhatsApp after you left and went home. But he was the most humble and down-to-earth athlete I've met to this day. Like, he would... Because um, you, hung, you I,
0: hung out with a couple of the boys in town after a game, eh?
1: So, yeah. So, yeah, I hung out with him at, um... I hung out with him after one of their games, me and Lockie, um... We're at Steelers Club drinking happy hour beers. Absolutely sloshed, man. And we were smoking the shisha and that with him at that um, Lebanese restaurant across from the heart. And um, Mello was there. Darrington was there. And then mitch I actually met Mitch Creek from Southeast Melbourne, uh, Phoenix. Yeah. We actually played for the Boomer's as well. And he kind of – it was funny the way it happened. He walked past and lucky, <laughs> lucky being lucky like the way he is when he's, he's pissed. He, just yelled, he called him a pussy or something, I don't know. <laughs> and he turned around. <laughs> And he was just like, oh no. no, we yelled out to him and then he yelled back at us and he said, Skull it, you pussy. So, like, his skull is his beer. And I said, We'll keep it cold going here for you. And he goes. And then, like, I followed him on Instagram and then he sent me a, because I, I tagged him on the story as well. And then he followed us back and I was like, No way. then he messaged us saying, Keep one cold for me. So he came back and had a drink with us. And then we I met up that. with Hobson. Yeah, I had a shisha and we were sitting there with Melo, him and Hobson, just, yeah drinking and that and went back to Steelers and um yeah Lockie got real shit face but vomiting everywhere and that but yeah he, he actually like was like yeah hang out with us and have a few drinks and that which was pretty cool. Like you wouldn't That's expect awesome. that coming from a overseas um, athlete. And this yes, is what I he said to know. me um he said this is when he moved this was like um, about a month ago in March. Yeah it was ninth of March. He moved back to I think he's playing in Venezuela now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so he's still playing the Euro leagues, trying to make money there. And um, I just said to him, "Thanks for coming through and letting me cut your hair, and that it was awesome meeting you. Know, hopefully, we we'll catch up one day." And he goes, um, "Thank you for getting me right. Take that barber shit to the next level. Know you're worth. You're the best in the country. Until next time, brother." And t- to me, like that makes my job that much more enjoyable when I read stuff like that. Um, if, Especially from a your guy feedback who from that?
0: Has, has played, you know, played in different leagues. And, you know, I guess these guys, that athlete culture is like, you go get your hair cut, you know, you've got a relationship with a barber. Like they post that shit. Like, so well, that, they're, that was, they're that's, critical that's, of the people that cut yeah. their hair and they don't come that's back. Th- if it, they're on TV, man, playing. Like they like a fresh cut yeah. for a game. They're not coming that, back if they think it's shit.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. Like he... The cool, I think the coolest thing was that every day I'm watching NBA players on TV live and that, and like to meet these guys and like cut, be able to cut their hair. It's like, it's just it's like reality. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's one day where, like I was saying before, if I get, if I open a shop in Wollongong, sorry, um, if I open a shop in Wollongong, that, that's the type of um, clientele that I want coming through my shop, and then they become regulars, and then, you know. This whole thing about me messaging Melo, like it wasn't just a one-off thing. That's opened the door for me now for so many other avenues because I don't know if it's 100% completed yet, but he bought the Hawks, right? He bought the yeah, Hawks.
0: Definitely. I don't know if
1: it's done yet, but I'm pretty sure they'll go through with it because that's what they need, what the Illora needs, for someone to buy them out, and buy good players and make them competitive again. But imagine if all these other American players come through now, you know what I mean?
0: And his, it'll put his, me his on the thing, it'll man, put me it's... on the
1: map. It'll put me on the map globally, to say, Mellow. Someone comes through, plays for the Hawks, and goes to oh Hey, man, do you know a barber that can cut my hair while I'm playing here or while I'm here? Then he then he shoots a message to them that oh, I oh, I can cut their hair. And then all of a sudden, I might have this clientele of Americans that are coming over. You know what I mean? And get to meet these types of people. And then the door Definitely, opens brother. for a lot of other avenues. So I'm always looking at the big picture. I'm not really Worried, Like meeting Melo was mad. Cutting his hair was mad. Like I shit myself. I was shaken and that. Like it was, it was daunting as bro. I think I took like two hours to cut his hair. I swear the yeah. first time I cut his hair, I was almost falling asleep in the chair. I swear to God, like eyes closed.
0: Because but- here's the thing though, right? Like, you know that, you know, I, I can imagine from your end 99.99% of the cuts you do, no one ever complains. Cause you're, you've always got the same customers that come back and come back and come back. But this is a guy that has the power to be extremely critical because he's got at the time, you know, between four and five and a bit million followers on Instagram. And literally one bad word from this guy could crush a huge portion of your business. Yeah. Don't give a shit about the pop culture or the status that yeah. this guy has. Yeah. But then well, on the other hand, I've... being someone who I guess runs a platform that really, I guess. Thrives and survives on social acceptance and good feedback. I understand the power and positive word from his end. And I think more so than anything, him coming back for that second, third, fourth time to use you again, the power that that has is insane. So when people hear, you know, on the other end of this, you might be listening and go, you know, it's just a guy, it's just an athlete. Is it really that exciting? It's actually life changing for a business
1: yeah well it was and that's what it was for me um i was that excited man like didn't understand because as a basketball fan as well i was like out of all the people like why me in the in Illawarra, heaps of barbers and he actually did he went to a couple other barbers and he was not happy with any of them and i was the one that he picked in the end and he kept wanting me to come back and i didn't touch on it before because i only cut his hair like three or four times but I actually had the opportunity to meet the whole ball family um, one of the days, and M- Melo as a person, legend, just a kid. Like I was saying before, he would—he doesn't really care. He doesn't get involved in much stuff. It's more like his managerial team and stuff like that. But I had a run in with his manager, like you know, um, one day. How I, I think it was—it was a long weekend, and October long weekend last year. Actually, yeah, it yeah. was. It was when I was in the process of. Opening the shop or getting the shop. And I, it was a Saturday night. I was already going to cut Josh Boone's hair, his apartment in Wollongong, across from Wynn Stadium. And I went there first. It was like 6 30. But in the middle of the day, that day, I was cutting hair from home still. And I messaged JJ and I said to him, Hey, mate, um, just want to make sure that I'm only doing two haircuts tonight. Like I've only got time to do two. And I was only going by myself. So I only had Tom Dumelo. And I said, you guys can pick who the other person is because I know his son was there as well. And he kind of had this, like, I don't know, this, we were like. he just wrote back, well, don't come then. That's all he wrote back, his manager. And I was like, bro, how rude is that? And to me, like, I still could have went because I know for a fact that that was the, the couple of days before he played his first game here in the NBL. So Lavar was there, which he's bold. Wouldn't have to cut nothing off his hair jello was there yeah and the grandparents so there was a high chance i would have to cut jello's hair as well which is like i'm not i'm not fussed about it but once i finished josh boone it was like 7 30 man like seven o'clock and i was not going to be cutting hair there till midnight you know what i mean like
0: especially when in, you're trying to open a shop too like there's got to be an element of yeah. respect for what you're trying to do on a business yeah. front
1: yeah so at, at that point he kind of just like he just said well don't come then so i never wrote back i didn't want to get into that messaging wall with him so I just thought, you know what, bro, you just lost all respect from me, man. I've been driving out this much. I've been doing it for nothing, for pretty much like social media exposure. And the thing that annoyed me the most was that he never, wrote, like, messaged me, like, Melo did, but JJ never did after that um, message me.
0: I've got to be honest, bro. pretty like, disappointing. You know what disappoints me a little bit? So yeah. I'm going to give you an example, right? So we're talking about a guy who... Like I said, he's just, there's a billion-dollar deal on the table, which from what I hear has been signed. <coughs> excuse me. Um, we're talking about buying a full team within the the National League here. This is a guy that's got money. Regardless of whether he's 18 or not, he's got money. His family's got big money. This guy is wealthy. Mate, I went to get a coffee this morning, a takeaway, coming back from doing my laps in the water this morning, and... I'm ready to pay, ready to tap my card. And the barber goes to me. Um, barber. The barber, the <laughs> the barista goes to me, goes, Bro, lucky you. Hey, he Brian, give me no free haircuts. You know, you know <laughs> <laughs> he goes, Bro, lucky you, you got a free coffee. I was like, What do you mean? And he goes, um, The person, some person earlier told us they wanted to pay for a second large coffee and just throw it in the stack. And like, you got the lucky cup. And I was like, Oh, that's really nice. But I was like, yeah, but man. look, like I'll pay for the next person's. Cause like for me, even for me, like I'm not wealthy. Mm. I don't have a lot of money. Mm. I'm trying to be smart with my money. You know, I've got a mortgage to pay, but I'm like, I don't need that $4.50 as much as someone else does. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, it's only right. It, like I would feel selfish yeah. taking that and not paying yeah. it forward. Now, yeah. as a guy who can see there's another young dude who's hustling and trying to create a business and is opening a shop, I would think that, you know, that, that little bit of money that it is to him, you know, even, you know, if, if I was in his position, I'd like to think I'd pay for everyone's cut and pay a little bit more for the drive out. And like, yeah, that would be me respecting you trying to create a business.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's our culture, bro. It's different. Everyone's different. And this was funny as, man, when I cut Darrington's hair, I remember we had Lockie and Tori were both there still. We were just talking and that. And he goes, how much were you charging Melo to go to his house to cut his hair? And I was like, I'll be honest with you, man, I was doing it just for some social media. Um, like for him to reshare my, my Instagram stories and that. It's just my exposure on my social media. And he goes, bro, you whack as fuck. It's <laughs> <What's> just <this> like... <laughs> Yeah, I go, how much are they charge in the States for a house call-out? And he goes, at least $200. And I was just like, what? what? I was like, $200. I could have literally charged him $200. But I'm not all about that. You know what I mean? It was more for my business. Like, I wasn't going there yeah. for the money. No way. So
0: 100%. When he was
1: telling me that, bro, he was just laughing. And he was just like, bro, you're getting ripped off. And I was like, yeah, I am. But at the same time, I'm not. Because it's kind of, it's built my business up because that is big talking like we've just spoken about it now for like 20 minutes half an hour about mellow like it's a big talking point big turning big turning right, to point be honest to be honest
0: after sitting here and doing this this chat like i'm 99 percent sure that the title is going to be lamella balls barber, <laughs> dan toskowski <laughs> like i'm like why Could not do, like it's it's a true story so yeah to to be honest man the last one of the last things i want to ask you before we go because i feel like we've covered a lot we've covered i guess how the, the business began i guess the culture i think if anyone's listening now they should have a lot of respect for the way you've done this the reason behind it we've heard a little bit of your personal story but i guess i'm always interested as to how passions flow and grow and i guess you're in a position now where you know especially going from the garage to a shop this has become more of a business than ever Has there been, I guess, a love for business that you've created through this that you think will then stem onto other things outside of, you know, barbering?
1: Um, Yeah, a little bit. It kind of opens up your mind and your aspirations to own more uh, businesses, I guess. But it's kind of hard because I'm, I'm like, I'm the main reason why that business is operating because I'm in there working and putting the time and effort in and running it the way that I want, I want it to be ran. So I think a big, big um, point and a big key to having a successful business is to one, put the hard yards in and, and um, just work your ass off and to get, to eventually get to where you want to be and um, to show your, whoever you employ, your staff or other people around you that, um, hard work does pay off because you instill that um, that drive and that motivation and that work ethic in, into your employees because if they 100%. see you where you are now at the end of the day they will work just as hard as you and they will be they could aspire to get to where you are do you know what I mean 100%. so I feel like if you do it the right way then your business will be uh, will grow and will be successful because you're instilling your um how do you say your your motives and your your work ethic into them and then it's still instilled in them and they're doing it and that becomes natural to them. And then lay down the track if they employ people will be the same thing. It just goes on like it's like a it's like a chain effect. You know what I mean? So I think the main yeah the main key is to do that and to treat your staff and your employees the way that you would want to be treated um definitely to grow to be successful. And I guess once once you once you do that, um, go back to your question, um, then you can probably leave your business and focus on another one. But until you're happy with how your business is being ran and I'm not um like me and Talisha talk every day about she's always talking about ideas and businesses and stuff. But I think the one thing you will do is just focus on one thing and then complete it and do that. Like put set a goal. And go and do that. If you want to go open up a coffee shop, go open up a coffee shop, get it up and running, don't leave it half finished. Do get it to where you want to be and then open up another one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Business can't be can't be an overnight thing where you just go, Oh yeah, I want to open that, I want to open that, I open that, I want to employ people. Just doubling all down and all your just, energy
0: on making nah. a success of that and then creating yeah, a new it won't,
1: objective. It it won't work. I think you need to you need to put everything you can into one thing and then let it grow and then get it to where you want it, where you feel comfortable. And then maybe you could go and do something else. Do you know what I mean? You either sell yeah, it or get people to run it for you. So, yeah, I think it, it, has, it does open up your mind because, like, you're not, um, you're always thinking of ways to make money as well, I guess. Yeah,
0: so, definitely. like,
1: I've, like I've rec- like recently started doing the YouTube. I want to start doing YouTube videos and stuff, uploading more videos and content like that to hopefully maybe get sponsored by a brand or the Clipper brand or do you know what I mean?
0: Definitely um, opens your mind to new possibilities and opportunity.
1: Yeah. Like I could bring my own range of blends, wax or hair products. You know what I mean? You just got to yeah, go and find the right product and label it and label it with your own um, brand. So I guess, yeah, it does open up your mind to wanting to do more, but I think, yeah, the goal is to just to grow your own grow it first and get it to the point where you feel comfortable.
0: That's sick, man. And it's, um, I think this has been a really, really good quality episode for anyone who is sitting at home with a passion that they wish they could make their, their life's work or their income. You've just got to get out and give it a crack. And that's, that's the message. So when you do good things happen.
1: Yep. hundred percent, man. And, um, I just wanted to give a massive shout out to all my customers because I will not be here to this day if it wasn't for any of you guys and for your continued support. And I know it's been pretty shit with this COVID stuff going on, but I promise you we'll come out the other end. We're still going to be there and we're going to be able to cut everyone's hair once it's all over. So um, I know yous all be listening because yous all look at my watch my Instagram stuff and, um, yeah, give Brad a follow as well. <laughs> <On the> <laughs>
0: <podcast>. <laughs> Legends. <laughs>
1: um, and, yeah, and my family as well and mum. My girlfriend, I love you all. Thank you so much for all your support. And um, yeah, that's not, I'll do that big shout out at the end. So everyone's happy.
0: <laughs> no, no, big respect, man. I respect that. I'm in the same boat. So I appreciate so much you coming on. For the people, what's the, the Instagram handle?
1: You sure it's just blends the barbershop? Um, yeah, blends the barbershop. It's so and... blends the
0: barbershop and the yep. address of the shop.
1: Um, shop six slash 20, the 26 Addison street Schlumber village. And they can find um, you on IG
0: as well as, as Daniel Toskowski, correct?
1: Yeah. And Facebook, um, I've got a page on Facebook as well. Um, nice. blends barbershop. and if you just Google blends a barbershop, it'll come up as well with both those handles. So, um, and if you look in a book, we've got an app called booksy. Um, you can book through Instagram There's a book button. Uh, you can book through Facebook, there's a book button, or you can also just download the app because either of those links will take you straight to Booksy anyway. So, um, Too good. yeah, bear with us at the moment with the appointments because it's very limited. Um, we're working alternating days, but, yeah, we'll get around to everyone. We'll sort Unreal. everyone out.
0: Awesome. I appreciate so much for being on here, man. I think you've got an amazing story, and I think this has been a very entertaining as well as educational chat. So I appreciate your time, brother.
1: Thanks, hey, Same everyone listening,
0: too. go follow this man on socials, go support his business if you're in this area or if you're ever through this area, 100%, um, just a very good, very good at his job and, and a very good time that you'll have while you're getting your hair cut. But also, um, you know, this is, this will be episode 14 of the podcast. It's crazy. No country. way, bro. Yeah. Birthday.
1: That's my favorite. That's my birthday for Really? How's that? That's, That's a bit number. of luck
0: for us both. And I guess 14 episodes in, you know, it was three months ago that I was standing there with a bag of gear from JB Hi-Fi ready to launch this with all the hopes and aspirations in the world of what this can become. Um, If you've listened to any one of the 14 episodes by now, I hope that you can tell there's, I guess an unwavering passion for what I'm doing here and greatest hopes and dreams in the world to make this a huge platform that becomes international and I get to travel around and speak to some amazing guests. So, Every listen, every um, five-star rating, every review, and everyone that subscribes is appreciated beyond words and in a way that I can't even describe. So if you can put any ounce of support behind this show, it means the absolute world to me. Until episode 15, stay safe, healthy, and I love you all. Take it easy.